The Start On Demand. On demand. It is a special day in Winnipeg as we mark the first anniversary of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Grey Cup victory that ended that 29-year drought. And this morning on the start, boy, did we have fun. We talked to Andrew Harris, currently of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We talked to former Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Milt Stiegel and Matt Dunnigan. Dunnigan specifically had lots of great stories about that 1991 Grey Cup. Remember how cold that was? And on the subject of championships, we asked you to share with us your favorite championship moments. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's back from vacation next week. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, November 24th podcast for The Start. McGarry McNabb is back next week and Greg today is a day of celebration yes indeed happy anniversary Winnipeg Blue Bombers Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans it is the one year anniversary since the great cup championship claimed on the field at McMahon Stadium November 24th 2019 hard to believe that's 300 and I guess it's 66 days ago because we are in a leap year Sure. See, <laughs> Let's just go with that. It's okay. a year ago today. It's the anniversary, and we're celebrating big time here all day on 680 CJOB. Yeah, we're all adorned in our Blue Bombers regalia. I've got my retro night shirt from uh, late September. That's an amazing logo, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I love it. They need shirt. to find a way to put that on more things. And that, that shirt uh, suits you. It fits it fits you nicely. You look good in that oh, shirt. Oh, thank you. Thank You're you very welcome. much. Yeah, yeah. I, I got the retro night hat as well, but I didn't bring that one today. I brought the just my the one with the big the big W logo in the middle. You've got a nice jersey. Who's in the back of your jersey again? Joe Poplowski, number seventy one. Uh, wasn't around for the Blue Bombers uh, Grey Cup in nineteen ninety, but he won in eighty four and then nineteen eighty eight. One of my uh, all time favorite Blue Bombers. Now to help us celebrate today, we have something special. Kyle Milroy, he's a producer extraordinaire, has put together some clips of some phone calls immediately following the Blue Bombers win. Uh, a year ago today in Calgary and also from the coaches show uh, the next night here on CJOB and also some of the color, the flavor of what was an exceptional day, one that many sports fans in this part of the world will not soon forget. People who've been waiting 29 years feel, well, I kind of can, I'm from Cleveland, but I just want to say thanks Bombers for such a great season. Uh, thank you to all the Winnipeg fans I've ever met online or anything. You guys are awesome. And soak it in, Manitoba. You guys are great cup champions. That is awesome. The kingdom of Tonga, where exactly is that, Barry? Where is that? Does it really matter? We won the no, cup. No, no, no. It doesn't matter where I am. <laughs> it matters where the cup is. Her name is Toby Sawyer. She's yeah. been uh, a bomber super fan for like 60, 70 years now, and uh, I know she's just thrilled right now. So yeah. I thought I'd call and I'd let you guys know. Oh, my goodness. This is, I don't even know how to even speak right now. My sons, uh, and they they have now season tickets, and they're going to continue the tradition. And this great cup will help the city to keep this team alive for many years to come. We're so proud of you. That was a great early birthday present for me. And I think that. You know, clinching that cup really, really brought things together. And I have to say, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being the head of that ship. <laughs> Keep up the good work. And I hope that other people are inspired to show that care and belief in their team and their in the people that they're mentoring to uh, believe in themselves enough to care for the person next to them. And... Uh, you know, do such a great job like that. Now, uh, how does it feel to be a great cup champion? Oh, man, it feels, man, I just, I don't have any words, man. It feels so good. It's, 
It's like, I almost can't believe that it's real. Can you imagine the party that's waiting for you back in oh, Manitoba? Yeah. Oh, yes, it's a whole week, man. We're going to burn the city down. <laughs> Thanks, Stanley. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. Here at Portage in Maine, the crowd has uh, steadily increased in size. People began showing up uh, as soon as the game ended, and there's more people streaming in. Uh, they're waving bomber flags. They're ch chanting, we want the cup. Very happy about the bomber win. I'm calling from Mexico about 20 miles north of Bucerias, uh, sitting with a bunch of Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans that were actually rooting for the Bombers, believe it or not. I'm down here in uh, Newport Beach, California. just watched the uh, game with my grandpa, Kenny Plain. Um, wow. Unbelievable. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers defeated the Hamilton Tiger Cats 33-12 here in Calgary, and the Blue Bombers are Grey Cup champions. You know how we talk about a Winnipegger is always a Winnipegger or Manitoban is a Manitoban no matter where they live. They used to bug me when I lived out west. Mackling of Winnipeg so spectacular. Why don't you move back there? Because I was always praising Winnipeg. And some of the most proud Manitobans are those that have lived here and moved away. And as the saying goes, Brett, you can take the boy out of Winnipeg, but you can't take the Winnipeg out of the boy. And when you listen to some of the callers at the beginning of that set of clips... There are people from all over, not just Canada and the United States, but all over the world who carry their Blue Bomber fandom. They wear it with a badge, like a badge of honor. It's something that ties us together no matter where we are. And I think that's the way it is for sports fans. But there's something different in this community because you don't even have to be a dyed-in-the-wool, die-hard sports fan to have the Gold Eyes, the Jets, the Bombers, those championships that they've won over a long period of time and the rough years affect you at your core. There's something that ties us together uh, when it comes to our sports teams. And, uh, man, who could ever forget how you were feeling this time last year? So we are asking you to text us your favorite championship moments, whether it's something real from pro sports or maybe it's fictional or maybe it's something from your own life, maybe a team that you were a part of or something your kids did. Here's a text that says the best championship moment for me was the CFL Eastern Conference Final against Hamilton in 2001 at the old stadium, West Side, sitting behind Kahari Jones' wife and his mother. The Bombers scored, and we all jumped up cheering. In the excitement, my daughter's cup of hot chocolate got spilled all over Justine, who was wearing white jeans. Oh, no. She was ever so gracious, and Kahari's mom was hilarious in her not-safe-for-work comments. So that is a great story. We appreciate that. And this one made me smile just because I... I just happened to watch this movie two weeks ago. Uh, this listener says, the ultimate championship moment, the conclusion of Rocky Four, with Rocky beating Ivan Drago and his famous speech, if I can change and you can change, everybody can change. Everybody loves a redemption story, don't they? Yeah, and the listener pointing out that's a holiday classic. I never saw it as a Christmas movie, but yeah, he fights Drago on Christmas Day. Well, there you go. Add it to the diehard pile. Oh, and uh, another listener saying the uh, pomegranate Pop-Tarts are likely only available in the U.S. They have many more that are not available in Canada. Oh, burns. So, oh, that, that makes me sad. But thank you for that update. I appreciate that. Hey, it is the first anniversary of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Grey Cup Championship. And guess what? We have a $100 gift card to give away for the Bomber Store. So to do that, we're going to get you to text us your favorite championship moments. Now, for our conversation, we're going to add a bit of a caveat, but you can text us whatever you want if it has to do with the Bombers, uh, favorite Bomber moment, whatever. But the question we're going to ask for this particular roundtable is what was your favorite championship moment provided that it is not a Blue Bomber story, because we're going to hear all kinds of Bomber stuff today. So let's have a chat about our own favorite championship moments, whether it's real, fiction, maybe something personal. Jeff Fortier, do you have a favorite championship moment? I do, and it gives me goosebumps. I'm going to play this. He's on the ice with a Ginla. 
Golden goal for the Vancouver 2010 Olympics. It just, you know, it's on home home soil. It's just, you know, it it's something else. Good call, Forte. That's mm-hmm. a good pick. Nice mm-hmm. hearing that audio. Goosebumps indeed. Kelly Moore, what about you? Well, I uh, was trying to find the audio because it's uh, from a few years ago. Uh, but I have the chance uh, during my time as the play-by-play voice for the Camels Blazers uh, to call uh, three Memorial Cups and two finals. And the first one that Kamloops ever won was in 1992 in Seattle. And the winning goal was scored on a breakaway with 14.6 seconds remaining in the game. Camels wound up winning 5-4 to four in in. Uh, I, I say this only because this is true. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but in Kamloops, they still call it the call. Uh, I couldn't find it uh, in any of my audio vaults, I, uh, but I'd love to play play it for you. Although, myself and my color commentator, uh, the goaltending coach, Brian Henderson, we were just going absolutely <laughs> snake-eye nuts over the goal. So it probably wasn't one of my more professional moments anyway, but uh, uh, it, that'll always have great personal memories. The call. That That's must be a, a nice badge of honor to have, to be known <laughs> it, for it, that. It, it really is. And a, and a quick little sidebar story. Tom Rennie was the coach of the Blazers back then. And uh, I ran into Tom uh, a few years uh, later at a uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, rookie camp in Penticton. He was the coach of the Edmonton Oilers. He said, you know, Kelly, he said, uh, when I got fired by the Vancouver Canucks, I plugged in the cassette of that goal and it made my day better. So it's kind of cool when you hear those uh, those sorts of stories. Oh, that is really neat, Kelly. Who scored that goal? Anybody we would have heard of? Zach, well, Zach Boyer, but the guy who set it up was Scott Niedermeyer. And uh, what happened was uh, a player had been injured, so he came to the bench. Boyer hopped on. The Sioux Greyhounds didn't realize that. Somehow Scott Niedermeyer saw it, and he, a perfect tape-to-tape pass from his blue line to the Sioux blue line and Boyer went in and scored in the breakaway and uh, uh, it was I'm trying to remember the name of the uh, Winnipeg goaltender who played for the Sioux Kevin uh, oh his name escapes me right now he played for Detroit yeah he was in Detroit system yeah anyway he was the Sioux goaltender so there is a bit of a Winnipeg connection to that story it's driving me nuts. Well, I'll, 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 I'll Google it and I'll have it for you before we're done here. In, in a psychology class, we called that the Raiders of your lost archives. Now that you're, <laughs> even though you're not actively thinking about it, your brain will continue to think about it. And then at about 7.33, Greg's just going to blurt out, ah, because it it's going to pop up. Um, by the way, Arnie pointing out that the, the uh, north perimeter is backed up. And we did have a text message earlier that there was a crash at westbound north perimeter between Maine and McPhillips. So just watch out for that. Jeff Braun, championship moment. What's yours? Super Bowl 42. I'm a New York Giants fan, and I have a friend who's a diehard New England Patriots fan. And if anybody has a friend who's a Patriots fan, you know how obnoxious they (laughs) can be and have been for years and years up until, you know, this year. But uh, so Super Bowl 42, Patriots were by far the favorite. They had gone 16 and 0 undefeated through the regular season. They were going to, you know, smash some kind of record or whatever with this Super Bowl win over the lowly Giants. And the Giants beat them 17 4. My friend cried. I <laughs> laughed at him and pointed, and it was just so much fun. And then they did it again four years later. Giants over Patriots again. Yes. Awesome. And GMAC, uh, ooh, how do you narrow it down to just one for you? Well, um, it's actually surprisingly easy. On my ninth birthday, I was there with my mom, my dad, my brother, when the Winnipeg Jets won the Avco Cup against the New England Whalers, May 22nd, 1978, it was Ulf Nilsson and Anders Hedberg, uh, their very last games with the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, the Jets won the Avco Cup uh, in a four-game sweep of Gordie Howe and the Whalers. Uh, it is uh, the event that absolutely solidified my love affair, not only with the Winnipeg Jets, but Winnipeg sports overall. And that feeling of winning that championship, I can remember being at Memorial Park waiting for the for the parade to wind up, much like we saw at the Forks last year with the Blue Bombers. And 
Yeah, it was a long time between championships uh, after that. Well, actually, the Jets won again the next year, but there was, you know, there were several droughts over the years, and it just highlights the fact you stick with your teams because it wins. It feels so good when they win. So we need you to text us at 204-780-6868 your favorite championship moments, whether it's real, whether it's fiction, maybe something personal, like a sport that you were involved in or something your kids were involved in, like JJ texting us saying, my son was born five minutes after the Bombers won the Grey Cup. So text us for your chance to win a $100 gift card for the Bomber Store. On this one-year anniversary of the Grey Cup victory, Breakfast with the Bombers. It's brought to you by the Cooperators. Find an advisor at cooperators.ca, a better place for you. And indeed, we are celebrating the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 2019 Grey Cup Championship today. The first anniversary of the team's first CFL title since the 1990 season. We are giving you an opportunity to share your championship memories with us. One lucky listener will receive a $100 gift card for the Bomber Store. Mm, I might go towards a jersey of our next guest. Thrilled to welcome to breakfast with the Bombers, the most outstanding Canadian and most outstanding player in last year's Grey Cup. Andrew Harris had 134 yards rushing, including a 15-yard First quarter touchdown to open the scoring for the blue and gold. He also added an 18-yard touchdown reception from Chris Strevler as part of his five-catch performance, completing his quest to bring the Great Cup back to his hometown. Andrew, good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks for taking some time with us. I know you would prefer to be talking about a second consecutive championship and preparing for a parade today, but one year later, has the excitement worn off? I mean, I, I think I think it's kind of just really sunk in more than anything. And uh, you know, after looking back at the year, reflecting on the journey, and um, it's actually gone by so quickly. You, you know, especially these times, you think that it's, uh, it feels like forever ago. But it honestly, watching the clips on on TSN and and a lot of the stuff that our, our organizations put up, um, it's it's been a it's been a great, it's been an amazing journey. And and to kind of reflect back on it, it's 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 awesome. So um, obviously, wish we were still playing. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so special to me and uh, definitely exciting time. Now, there's a saying in football that defense wins championships, and we're not sure where you stand on that, uh, Andrew, but we do want you to digest these numbers. And, Greg, you're the numbers guy, so why don't you fire these numbers at Andrew? Well, it's overwhelming what the Bombers did. Uh, they gave up just 14 points to the Calgary Stampeders in the West semifinal, 13 points in the West final in Regina, and just 12 points to the 15-3 and three Tiger Cats in the Grey Cup. The Blue Bomber defense forced consecutive turnovers on Hamilton's first two possessions of Grey Cup. That second one resulting in your in your run into the end zone there, Andrew. Eight turnovers overall by the tie cup uh, by the tie cats in, by the end of the game. Talk about that Richie Hall defense and and how it ultimately became so dominant down the stretch. Well, I, we just did a live uh, the other day with uh, with Alexander, and I was just talking about our defensive backs and how we we they kind of came together um, near, near the end of the season because there were so many guys that kind of came in. Um, to play, you know, Mike Jones, Mercy Maston, um, you know, we had uh, Nick Nick Taylor. So not, these guys didn't play together in those positions all year. And uh, that's tough to do in, in the secondary because there's so much communication, so much trust that goes on. And uh, ultimately, those guys were, were lights out. But really, I think the backbone of our defense was, was our interior and, and our, our defensive line and, and our linebackers. And, you know, when you have Jackson Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson coming out the edge like they were and getting pressure and, um, you don't need to really cover that, that well, you know. The, the, and those guys were were, were forcing turnovers, uh, forcing the quarterback to make mistakes, and um, you know our linebacking core was was lights out in the run game too. So um, around the board, I think you know between solid coaching and and uh, and the chemistry that those guys built up and over the over the last few weeks of the season and the playoffs, um, you know, ultimately just. Um, bred bred a successful defense, and, and and they were getting after it. It was it was awesome to see in the sideline. Now, we do have a surprise for you this morning, Andrew. Now, Greg, this was your brainchild, so I feel like the introduction must be made by you. All right, I'll introduce him this way. Uh, Coach Stu Nixon, do, do defenses win championships or do offensive stars like Nick Dembski, <laughs> Brady Oliveira, and Andrew Harris win championships? I would say talented football teams win championships. Oh, uh, 
Good morning, Stu. Good morning, Andrew. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's good to hear yours always. Stu Nixon, for those that don't know, is the head coach of the Oak Park Raiders. How long have you been doing that now, Stu? It, it feels like it's been absolutely forever. Is it, is it going on 25 years? Uh, well, no, 18 at Oak Park. Okay, 30, good. 32 altogether. Uh-huh, okay, I knew it was three decades somewhere. So just yeah. just talk about the uh, program that you've built at Oak Park and really overall, and, and, and Andrew, this is for you as well, just the, the impact of creating a winning culture where, where you know, that's the expectation. Well, I'll, I'll jump in on this one because I actually, I actually switched schools from, from Grand Park to Oak Park. Mainly, the main reason was because of, of Coach Stu Nixon here. So um, I definitely, I, I was living in Stomach at the time and I moved back to the city and he was he was coaching at Grand Park at the time. And then when I got back there, he, he switched on me and left me. So <laughs> I, uh, I, to, I played at Grand Park for two years and then uh, ultimately, you know, in grade 12, went to go switch uh, based, based on uh, Stu being there. So, um, yeah, he definitely he definitely has a winning attitude, a winning mindset, and um, was, a, was a was a fantastic coach for for myself, Brady, and Nick, and and for many others, I'm sure. Oh, that's very kind of you, Andrew. It's just hard work, man. Just hard work. Yeah. So you know, uh, Brian Doby, uh, who is adored in this co- community, talks about not just only breeding uh, good football players, but but good young men, and th- that's what football was for me, Stu. How do you approach it? Well, I try to approach it the same way. I, I'm a high school football coach, and uh, I've been really, really blessed to be able to coach guys like Brady and Nick and Andrew. I, I don't know if anybody else has been so fortunate to coach a trio of talented guys like that, but ultimately, I'm a high school coach. It's more than a game for me. It's it's about developing character in young guys and maybe uh, bringing some, some young men back into a a straight and narrow path, you know, developing life skills like hard work and goal setting and having some direction in life. And football gives you an opportunity to do that with high school kids. When you get on to be a pro like Andrew, it's it's really the focus is on the game. These are already well-developed young men. They wouldn't have caught where they are otherwise. But high school football provides an opportunity to lead, do some more important lesson teaching than just the game, you know. And Stu, when you saw these young men ascend to the top of their game in the CFL and win the Grey Cup. Uh, what was that like for you? Was it surreal? Absolutely surreal. That's the word I was going to use. I mean, their talent level is so rare. But there's there's always a few that go through. And not many get to that level, right? Um, because it's about character at some point. And it's not just about talent. At some point, they're all about the same talent level, right? to have three guys on the same team in their home team win a national professional football championship I don't know I don't know how often that happens right so I got to coach three talented guys of extremely strong admirable character and that's why they got where they are Thomas Miles, Jeff Gray, other Winnipeggers on that championship team, Andrew. And for me, coach is always coach. Doesn't matter if coach was your coach when you were nine, when you were 15, or when you were 20. Coach is always coach. Talk about the relationships that, that, that you develop with coaches over time and, and how it goes beyond, and not always, but how it can go beyond the football field. Well, I think, I think the biggest thing that... Uh... Uh, just kind of shows the relationship part is, is, I mean, I still can pick up the phone and, and call Stu um, about anything, you know. Um, and, uh, it just shows that there's a level of trust, um, there's a level of respect, and uh, yeah, coaching is coaching, but there, there's a certain there's a certain point of respect and certain a certain spe- uh, point of um, camaraderie there. And and uh, I was actually thinking too. I don't know. If, well, obviously you remember this, but. I was in the parade and we're on stage there and I'm kind of just panning over the crowd and I just noticed Stu in the crowd there and he's just staring there and like watching and I was like, oh man, I was like, it was just crazy to see all the madness and kind of just pick out, it was like almost like a Where's Waldo kind of thing, right? But um, it was it was pretty awesome to, to see to see Coach there kind of celebrating with us and in the crowd and um, again, it just goes to show how much he he, he, he appreciates and, and is proud of us and and uh, it was just a, it was a cool moment for sure. 
Andrew Harris of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Stu Nixon, head coach of the Oak Park Raiders, joining us live on this one-year anniversary of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' Grey Cup victory. Gentlemen, thank you very much for the time today. We appreciate it. Good hearing you, Andrew. Thanks a lot, bud. All right. Take care. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb is back next week. Question of the day at cjob.com brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace, 204-832-6243. Hot off the presses. We have just put this up at cjob.com on this first anniversary of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Grey Cup victory last year. And the question is, which of these Winnipeg Blue Bombers Grey Cup victories is the most memorable for you? Mm. 1984, 1988, 1990 or 2019. For a lot of people, like Jeff Fortier, the only one he would remember is 2019. Because yeah, how old are you, Fortier? I wasn't even alive when, when we won the last one. So. Yeah. How old Stop are you? Stop it, Jeff. 29. Tw- okay. So <laughs> your entire life. Yes. <laughs> so cast your vote, cjob.com, and we'll throw that up on Twitter as well at 680CJOB. And just want to remind you that you can win a $100 gift card for the Bomber Store just after 9.15 based on your text messages and your favorite championship moments. And this is an interesting one from Sam who says, five of us went to Nashville to run the marathon. Just happened to be when our Winnipeg Jets were in the playoffs with the Predators. We wore our Jets jerseys everywhere there. And then all five of us ran the 26.2 mile marathon through the streets of Nashville wearing our jerseys with proud Jets fans chanting, go Chets, go, along the way. And you know what Sam told me? That the Nashville Predators, they wouldn't sell them tickets to the games because they were from Winnipeg. What? Yeah, that was back in 2017, 2018 when the Jets beat the Predators in a seven-game series. Can you can you believe that? No, we're not going to sell you tickets because of where you're from. It's not very neighborly, Nashville. That is stupid. So, hey, we've also got a $20 gift card to give away in our next segment for Santa Lucia Pizza. But we want to switch gears right now and talk about someone from a different restaurant. Also one of my favorite restaurants, a place I've ordered uh, takeout from a number of times uh, since the pandemic began. It's one of my favorite places to eat. And it's one of those go-to places, I think, like there's a dish in particular. And I feel so, you know, it's, I don't want to say basic, but uh, when it comes to Indian food, I, I just can't resist the butter chicken at East India Company. I always joke that if I could eat like a bathtub Full of it, Greg. I just love it so much. Just give me a bucket of butter chicken from East India Company, and uh, I'm happy for the rest of the my life. Well, as I told him yesterday, Sachit Mara is welcome anytime on the start. Sachit, good morning. Good to speak with you, my friend. Uh, Brett and Greg, go Bombers. Yeah, go Bombers. Some great memories. We'll, we'll maybe get to around to one of yours in a minute here. But in these difficult times, got to ask you, how often do you get an authentic, how are you? You know, and I, I, I put this post up on social media just this week. And lately, uh, and I want to say in the last few months, you'll get people come into the restaurant, they'll do pickup, uh, you know, or let takeout, and they'll ask you, how are you? Which is, you know, in the context of Winnipeg and, you know, Manitobans, friendly Manitoba, that's not unusual. But this is not your typical, how are you? This is a, how are you? And, and they really want to know, you know, how the restaurant is doing, what's going on, because... You know, in the media and, you know, in the in the ether of it all, we feel we know as as a community that it's tough right now uh, for small businesses, for restaurants, but they really don't have an idea of what's going on on the ground. And then they want to hear it from, you know, a local entrepreneur or from their local business person. uh, What exactly is going on for sales? Uh, You know, what are you doing for staff? These are all these questions. And, you know, you'll answer people. You'll give them the goods and say, well, look, this is where we're at. This is what's going on with this thing. And, you know, people are uh, you know, genuinely concerned, and it's reflective of Winnipeg and, and, and Manitobans, which is just phenomenal, which makes us a great community. Well, before we get to why you are asking the question, how are you, uh, how are things going at the restaurant? Well, uh, you know, uh, how long do we have? It's, <laughs> this is, you know, this is, uh, this is month eight, uh, you know, and, you know, within the context purely just of, of, of the restaurant, um, you know, it, it's month eight, we're into our second 
shut down. And so, um, yeah, it's tough, uh, and particularly in our uh, in our restaurant. Uh, you know, when you think about the industry, in the certain businesses that are doing great, they're doing fantastic real estate renovations, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's other businesses that are completely obliterated. You know, and those are, um, you know, those are restaurant, the travel, the event centers, um, you know, walk up retail. But if you were to map those physical uh, retail spots out on a map. A topographical map, you'd note that those businesses that are in the central business districts or downtown, for example, they're the ones that are hit the hardest. And the reason is, you know, downtown typically has uh, a low residential uh, uh, compared to other jurisdictions in, in, in Winnipeg. Uh, moreover, the work at home orders and the complete lack of uh, business and pleasure tourism now, um, you know, across the country, and especially in Winnipeg, where we have such large centers like our convention center and our, uh, on our museums, like the Human Rights Museum, um, means there's no traffic. There's literally no traffic. And so what you end up drawing from is people that make it a specific uh, go-to spot. Like they're, they're going out of their way to come down to your business uh, and make sure you're frequented, which is, you know, heartwarming. Uh, for us, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, but on the ground, you know, I, I look around and within 500 feet of us, 600 feet of us, you know, in the last three weeks, there have been no less than uh, three or four smaller spots, venues close. And, you know, high profile, uh, we've heard, you know, Staples pull out of downtown. We've seen the Hudson's Bay announcement. Um, you can see that, that downtown needs uh, quite a bit of work right now. It is it is tough. Such it, it would be very easy to wallow. It would be very easy to to recoil and, and maybe even throw up your hands. Uh, not too many people would blame you for maybe walking away at this point in time. What's preventing you from doing that? We've been in business for 48 years and three generations. And for us, this was, you know, business second, but first about what we do. Um, about our customers, which are actually our friends. These are people we know. They're, they're who frequent us. And, and it's about them and seeing them on, on a daily basis, even in this current, uh, current condition. I know most of my customers by name when they walk inside the restaurant, uh, if, if not by face, and we'll get into a conversation about how things are going. And so, you know, there is, there is a light. Three weeks ago, you know, we talked about uh, you know, when this was going to end. I've done a number of videos about this on, on YouTube uh, in terms of what the restart looks like. And up until just these last few weeks, last couple of weeks, it was just about a tunnel. Where are we going to be? Uh, when is the end going to come? And the last three weeks, you know, we've had announcements with these vaccines and their efficacy rates uh, being very good. And so now it's a matter of distribution of those and getting back to a set open, quote, close, quote, normal. And, you know, I predict that's going to be Oh boy, anywhere from eight months to about 12 to 14 months as that stuff starts rolling out and really making a difference inside our communities and really getting back to that normal for a lot of people. And I, I suspect you're going to have a bit of a, a euphoric upcharge um, back as people really want to get out to doing things that they love doing, things they remember doing, congregating, celebrating, uh, you know, dating, going back out again and doing all those normal things that define us as a community. Is there, when it comes to that question, how are you, is there anyone that you wish would ask you that question who you haven't heard from yet? You know, it's, you know, and I, I it, it, it's funny, the amount of consultation or lack thereof uh, towards the industry uh, as a whole, you know, this is month eight. And when you talk about, you know, advocacy at uh, a political level, uh, or an institutional level, um, you know, it'd be good to have people reach out. We certainly, as small business owners, do it through the channels that we have available to us, and that's often picking up the phone, uh, to doing the social, it's doing the social media rounds, and really getting that message out. But on the flip side, when we've got elected officials out there that are making decisions, um, you know, for us that are three, four, five, six, eight months out, ten months out, you'd hope that they'd turn around and call industry leaders. Uh, you know, whether that's at a restaurant level, and if that's too granular, then at least at an association level, um, consult hard. And, you know, that doesn't mean once every three months or once every six months. Um, in a current situation, which is 
again, unprecedented, hate to use that 2020 word, um, but certainly once in a lifetime, uh, where that consultation is hard and it's ongoing and it's continuous. And that's very important because when you look at our industry and the amount that it contributes back to our community, uh, hospitality, restaurants, hotels, these are huge. They're huge for our community, and we absolutely need them. And now, as we look forward, we've got the vaccine on the horizon. So what does that mean over the next 12 months? What are the plans to bring the uh travel and tourism industry back. How are we going to manage that in a post-pandemic world? Uh, Where does that lead us? Where are all the players in this? Are we aligned? What do the tables look like? Uh, And how do we do it in a safe way so that, uh, you know, we're putting our best foot forward? I think there's an opportunity there, especially for Winnipeg and for Manitoba. Um, And so let's start talking about those things. And it'd be great to be able to uh, talk to provincial leaders uh, about that, because, you know, certainly being one of the largest uh, restaurant, family-owned restaurants in downtown Winnipeg. Um, You know, we've seen a lot over the last 30 years, and, uh, you know, we'd have some thoughts to contribute towards that. Sachet, we never have enough time with you, but two things here. Noel says uh, he will be ordering uh, East India for uh, lunch today, so he wanted to say hi to you. And uh, before we let you go, we have to let you let individuals, business owners, entrepreneurs, people who love the downtown know what you're doing Thursday. We love it. Uh, it's going to be ilikehugh.com. Uh, go there. You don't have to register. And just click. We've got a bunch of uh, uh, entrepreneurs, local entrepreneurs. Uh, we've got Obicon, uh, Albion. Uh, we've got about half a dozen other ones. And we're all going to be talking about uh, what the last eight months has been and what we see in the next year and just experiences, uh, what we've thought, what's kept our restaurants or our business, individual businesses afloat. Uh, what we've seen, what we think could be, um, you know, a better foot forward uh, as we move forward. And I think you're going to hear a lot of really positive and good stories, which, again, is reflective of Winnipeg and Winnipeg entrepreneurs. I'm so proud of uh, the entire community as they've rallied. Sachet Mira with East India Company Restaurants joining us live on 680 CJOB. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good day. And that website, once again, ilikehugh.com. That's spelled H-U-E. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back next week. A reminder that in our next segment, we are giving away that $100 gift card for the Bomber Store based on your text messages at 204-780-6868 on your favorite championship moments. So this is your last chance to get in on that because we will pick our winner right before we check the forecast and then we come on to announce the winner. But for now, in the overnight newscast... John Copsey, JC Superstar, had consecutive stories about the fact that many Canadians are in fact packing on the COVID-19 pounds. The quarantine 15 is a real thing and the impact of this round of closures on independent business. So how fitting that we would welcome two guests to talk about helping you to get moving and support independent business at the same time. He's Fit City Jordan on Twitter. Jordan, and Jordan, I got to apologize. I wanted to talk to you ahead of time. Uh, pronunciation of your last name, my friend. I just say Fit City. <laughs> <laughs> you just go with that? Yeah, I do. Hey, anytime you try to get someone to pronounce Sefiwa properly, it usually goes bad. Awesome. And it's like half the conversation is around my last name and uh, I just like to dodge that by saying Pitt City. There we go. So we'll just do that and we'll leave it right there. And a man who needs little introduction, former Blue Bomber star, a Winnipegger living in Georgia. Can we say that, Milt Stiegel? Well, I'm not going to say Stiegel anymore. I'm going to say Pitt City also. (laughs) So Milt, uh, good morning on this one year anniversary of the Blue Bombers 2019 uh, Great Cup Championship. I I know you weren't on the field, but you you, you were present for that. uh, A pretty good day. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And the only unfortunate thing is it would have liked, it would have been nice to see if they could have defended it and been actually the two-time defending Grey Cup champion. So it was great that it happened last year. Hopefully they get opportunity to defend it next year, and hopefully they're able to hoist that Grey Cup once again this time next year. So, Jordan, what on earth do you have planned, which combines getting us off the couch 
and giving us the opportunity to support local entrepreneurs. 60-second elevator pitch, go. Well, it's funny because my passion is getting out into workplaces and speaking to people, getting them excited to take care of their health. Uh, that kind of stopped with COVID. People don't want me in their, in their buildings shaking people's hands. So I reached out to, to Milt, and the thing that I love the most is doing the lunch and learn. So Milt and I, on December 7th and December 9th, we are offering the city of Winnipeg any business that it wants. We're live streaming. It'll be the same lunch and learn, but we're going to do a live stream lunch and learn. And all we want businesses to do, if they want the live stream link from us, all they have to do is purchase at least $25 worth of food from any local restaurant. And then at that point, myself and Milt will beam straight to them. Milt's going to take care of the motivation, so he's about 20 minutes of the half an hour, and I'm going to do 10 minutes of science. And uh, at the end of it, we're hoping to get people super excited to be healthy, and then we'll follow that up in the new year. Milt and I are putting a whole bunch of programming together to keep people healthy and fit that we'll be uh, offering online. All right, Jordan, we'll get you to repeat that before we uh, disembark here. But, Milt, this seems like it would be the perfect combination of your two passions, uh, Winnipeg and fitness. Without a doubt. You know, you, you talk about uh, Winnipeg. That's my other home and how important that place is to me. So I just want to make sure that everyone is not only physically fit but mentally fit also. People just don't, don't understand that when you're – you know, physically active. That only not only helps you physically, but it also helps you mentally, especially with what's going on right now. You know, we, we have to make sure that we're not only physically, but also mentally fit and being active, moving around. And it doesn't have to be extreme, like the crazy stuff I'm doing, but you have to be active. You have to move around. You have to have a, uh, a relatively like 90% of the time healthy diet. And those things help you physically and mentally. So I'm just trying to make sure everyone is uh, doing what they need to do uh, to make sure they are in those two places where they're physically and mentally fit as they can be. Well, Jordan, I mean, we've heard before on this radio station, but I'm sure that you can speak to it, that movement is energy, right? Like yesterday, for example, uh, after work, I got home, and usually what happens is they'll sit down on the couch and just decompress for a few minutes, and inevitably, I start to get sleepy, and I know that if I fall asleep, I'm gone for several hours. So I just get up and go for a walk uh, to shake that off. Oh, I love that that's, that's your thing. That's for me, and and I've had this really crazy career where, you know, I've, I've got to work with athletes like Milton Mil- and get them to the highest point in their performance. Um, but I've also had the joy of, of taking a lot of people that were completely lost on their health journey and starting them from square one and then taking them to a place where they understand the priority of fitness and health and that it's as simple as and milk was saying it there too is it's as simple as going for a walk doing a a couple easy stretches and making sure that most of your meals and most of your food is healthy and so like i say that was you know milton and i got talking and we're like well you know why why aren't we putting stuff out there for for winnipeggers why aren't we creating easy to follow content why aren't we you know using Milt's celebrity status and challenging people to try new things and keep it simple. So that's, you're exactly right. It is exercise and movement is energy. It's, it's exactly uh, with these trying times. It's exactly what we need people doing is just to say, I'm going to move, bring my energy up, stay creative and stay focused. Health goals and fitness goals, Milt, are a lot like the overall goals you, you have within whether you're, you're an athlete uh, at an amateur level, whether you're, you're 10 years old or you're 25 years old striving for your first championship or your third championship. Yes, that's the goal, but the notion of how you get there, it genuinely is one play at a time, one day at a time, one meeting at a time, learning how to do one aspect of the play that might be the deciding play in the game, the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about being a difference maker and, and just having all those different things in, in your kit bag. It, 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 you can't do it all at once. It's baby steps. Without a doubt. And, and you just spoke on that baby steps, but the most important step is getting started. We have a, a I've, I've spoke to individuals. They say, well, I don't know how to get started. Um, 
I'm in this rut. Well, there there's so many things you can do, and, and I know it's difficult now to maybe go outside with the weather in Winnipeg or go to the gym because that's maybe not the safest place to be right now. But I can show you, and I will show you, plenty of ways where you can do stuff at home. There are no excuses for not working out. You can work out in a phone book if you're motivated to. There are so many different ways where you can get a burn of sweat and, and, and get your heart pumping and, and get the blood flowing where you can do it right home, right at home uh, in your living room. You know, you're watching TV. Even if you're watching TV, commercials come on. Okay, there's exercises that you can do. There's so many ways that you can get your blood flowing and get that heart pumping and get healthier, but you have to be motivated and you have to want to do it. And like I just alluded to, the most important step is getting started because once you get started and you see the results, it's hard to stop, but everyone has to get started see those results well and you can just see the results if you if you you know what milt steagle looks like the man does not age so if milt steagle says this is what you need to do to stay healthy uh then listen to the man and you can listen to him along with fit city jordan and how do we do that how do we get involved in this how do we get that link so again very easy um it's uh you can reach out via the uh one uh, the fit city project uh, dot com website or reach out to Milt or myself on social media. We're very excited to get people going on this. Um, Milt's very easy to find. He's uh, a bit of a legend. So we've got that. And again, like I say, December 7th and 9th, these things are no cost. We're just asking that uh, companies make them a lunch and learn and that they order from their favorite local restaurant at least $25 uh, and, and we'll give them the the stream code and then uh, away we go. We'll, uh, well, you just heard it there. Mr. Motivation himself will get them motivated and I'll back it up with some science. Fit City Jordan, Milt Stiegel joining us live on 680 CJOB. Gentlemen, thank you very much, Milt. Thank you, sir. No, thanks for having us. And looking forward to you guys working out with us also. Can't wait. Greg? Yeah, I'm on that, Milt. <laughs> I, I, I'm signing up right now. All right. <laughs> All right. And Fit City Jordan, thank you so much as well, sir. My pleasure. And thank you, guys. This is a great initiative. And it's, yeah, he's right. It doesn't take much to get your heart pumping. And it can be easy. As one of the couch potatoes, I know all too well how easy it is to just get comfy and sit down. But uh, sometimes just going for a walk is all you need to begin that motivation, to begin that journey. Mackling and McGarry McNabb back next week. We are asking you to text us at 204-780-6868. Your favorite championship moment inspired by the fact that we are celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' first Grey Cup championship in 29 years. And we have a $100 gift card for the Bomber Store up for grabs. Greg, who is our winner? Oh, my gosh. We had so many incredible text messages. I'm sorry we only have time to read the winner, but here it goes. Good morning, boys. 22 years of agony. Hopped on to the train to travel to Edmonton for the 1984 Grey Cup singing Brock Busters. Arrived in Edmonton and met Red Alex, CJOB, of course, reporting live from CFL headquarters. Wow. Was it as cold as the beer froze in your go? In your to-go cup. <laughs> Bombers defeated Hamilton, and the party in the bar car started as soon as the train steel wheels made one revolution. Back home as we pulled into the CN station, I came off the train with the conductor's cap <laughs> on. Go blue. I can only imagine what happened in the uh, 16, 17 hours in between. Herb, congratulations. Thanks for that story of the 47-17 victory. Well, the celebration that ensued anyway following the Blue Bombers win back in 84 up at Commonwealth Stadium. Thank you so much for all of your texts. We appreciate it. And maybe tomorrow we'll just share a couple more. We'll call that segment the best of the rest. So many good stories. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is back next week. Thank you very much for joining us today. Today is indeed a special day as we mark the one-year anniversary of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Grey Cup victory. And so far today, we spoke to Andrew Harris at 7.35. We spoke to Milt Stiegel at 9.05. Both will be in the podcast, or you can find those at the audio vault at cjob.com. And we are excited for this next conversation, Greg. Yeah, because today also marks the 29th anniversary of a first for our city and for sports fans across the country, an opportunity to join in celebration and to meet in Winnipeg. Here's just an excerpt uh, of an article I I, I grabbed at cfl.ca from Rick Matsumoto. And it really sets this up nicely. The 1991 game between the Toronto Argonauts and the Calgary Stampeders was the first Grey Cup bash ever held in Winnipeg. And the Manitoba capital lived up to its nickname, Winterpeg. The city was gripped tightly by a vicious cold snap. And the thermometer struggled to reach minus 17 at kickoff and fell to a wind-chilled minus 35 by halftime. Despite the bone-chilling conditions, there was a hot topic consuming the fans and media leading up to the game. That was the status of Argo quarterback Matt Dunnigan. He had suffered a leg injury in the regular season opener, and he didn't return to action until the end of August. Three weeks later, he was hurt again, this time breaking his collarbone. He came back for the East Final I don't like to talk about this game. A 42-3 romp over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but was hurt again and his arm was in a sling when the Argos arrived in Winnipeg for Grey Cup week. There was considerable doubt that he'd be able to play in that championship game. The aforementioned Matt Dunnigan joins us now. Good morning, Matty. Hey, how you doing? Doing great. Always great to catch up with you, sir. Uh, we want to talk yeah. about your time in Winnipeg, of course, and touch on the Bombers' win last year. But 1991, yeah. how on earth did you even play in that game? Uh, it's just the uh, magic of modern medicine. You know, a lot of xylocaine, marcaine, and adrenaline uh, just injected into the body, and uh, you find a way to figure it out. Everybody's duct taped that time of year, and. Uh, I certainly wasn't the only one on both sides of the ball, whether it's Calgary or Toronto that year. And at that, that time of season, everybody's just trying to get to the finish line and be as healthy as possible, but that's just out of the question. you got to lean on your good trainers and uh, your medical staff and a whole lot of uh, whole lot of modern medicine. Well, is that what it is, the, the, the painkiller kind of stuff? Because I always wonder how you – Pro athletes play through the pain. You know, we saw Chris Strevler endure some serious stuff in the playoff run last year. And whereas, like, if I, if I so much as moderately sprain an ankle, I'll whine like a baby. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, You know, I've talked to my uh, ex-teammate Chris Schultz a lot about uh, you know just pain management and uh, how you kind of become numb to it after a while. And uh, over the years, and um, it's just. uh, it's one of those things where you do what you got to do. You know, everybody else is sacrificing, and 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 you do and you do it. You know, it was uh, a syringe of xylocaine, a syringe of marcaine, and, uh, and a syringe of adrenaline. You know, before the game and at halftime, and you know, it's just uh, syringe city. You know, <laughs> it is. Uh, it is a lot's going on prior to taking the field, and and a lot's going on just. Other than X's and O's and winning the one-on-one matchups, you know, a lot of people are playing through a lot of things. And we saw a great example of that last year, you know, and you mentioned Chris Trevler and what he was able to do towards the end of that football season and man up and, and do whatever it takes and, 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 and get Winnipeg the championship they hadn't seen in a long time. And, you know, that's what it's all about. And uh, I was willing to do that. A lot of my teammates were willing to do that. And we found a way to get it done, although we didn't play our best football. I, on that day, we were the better team. And um, and we proved that time in, time out that season. And uh, it was a lot of fun to be involved with. You know, Chris, the Strevlery, just touching on that uh, one more time, Matt, he had a broken bone in his foot, had a high ankle sprain as well. And either yeah. one of those injuries on their own would, would keep most guys out of the lineup. No question. Um you know, we know the type of ball player he is, and uh, it's it's easy to love somebody like that, much like a Mike Riley. Uh, you know, just 
willing to do whatever it takes. And uh, it was such such a blast for us, you know, from covering it and understanding what's going on and having been there before to watch that play out the way it did with the Bombers this past season, the way that Andrew Harris overcame adversity, the way that Zach Caleros manned up, the way that defense just continued to dominate, dominate and rotate people up front and make things happen. It was uh, it was just a special season to watch, and you know what those guys are going through. And from our perspective, it makes it even that much more special. The ownership of the Argos at the time was maybe as famous as the team as itself, Matt. Of course, you had Rocket Ismail on the rocket on the uh, roster, rather. But Bruce McNall, Wayne Gretzky, Martin Short, and of course the beloved John Candy. What was it like to be around that? I don't want to call it a circus, but was it a distraction, or 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 did it um, just add to the hype? Did it add to the excitement of the uh, the entire notion of the '91 Toronto Argonauts? I was the most euphoric season I've ever experienced in the Canadian Football League for many reasons. It starts with Nall, Candy, and Gretzky. Uh, obviously, Rocket was such a big part of what we did and the hype. And what that young man was able to shoulder, um, I think, was is something that needs to just be talked about more and more. As he's 21 years old, you know, he was considered top NFL draft pick, and he signs for four million. He, come up here per season and basically we had a team just just everywhere you looked on the roster filled with all-stars and uh, quality quality superstars in their own right and yet we had no microphones we had no questions being asked to us it was all about Roggin and wherever we went it was Wayne John Bruce and Roggin and they were handling all the press force. And so we just got to hang out, have a good time, and concentrate on playing football. And it was like we were shielded by this 21-year-old, you know, phenom and Raghav Ishmael. And we go out there and just ball with no pressures on us. And uh, that's exactly what we did for the most part. And uh, it, was, it was a special season because of so many different things and the way it played out there and Winnipeg in 91 in those conditions, which listening to you read that article from Rick Matsumoto was one of my favorites, along with a guy right there in town, Ed Tate, um, uh, you know, a couple with Terry Jones, Cam Cole, just to name a few guys that I just have much respect for across the league at that time and still to this day. But uh, I just I just felt like I got the shivers and spine cold you know, throughout the entire body, just listen to you describe that. It was ridiculously cold. And, um, you know, you shake your head from broadcaster, you know, we're going to be out in it. You know, just ask Sarah Oleski about that. You know, we're going to be out in it, and it's miserable because we're not moving around. At least we're moving around a little bit when you're playing. But uh, to find a way to get it done in those conditions there in 91 and watch the Bombers do it the way they did it last year is just a phenomenal experience for everybody and the fans to move. What's the effect of hitting the deck of being taken down in cold like that and hitting the, the, the frozen turf? Uh, it was an out-of-body experience for myself. You know, first of all, the ball's got no give. It's hard as a rock. It's got no tack to it. Um, I played in the gloves. I think it was the first time in my career playing in gloves that game. And uh, But like I said, it was an out-of-body experience with as much crap that was shot and injected into my body. Uh, I couldn't feel much of anything. It was like I was an autopilot. And I go back and I look at the game. I watch how our defense stepped up. Ed Berry took one back like the first play of the game, pick six. Raghav, of course, took one back in timely fashion. Got a couple of picks, some turnovers. I threw a couple touchdowns, one to DK, one to David Williams. And, um, and, and you know, that's a ball game. Uh, but I could tell you, it was we, – we played terribly offensively that game. Think about this. We had nine first downs. Nine first downs the entire football game, and we win 36-21. We just did a Great Cup Unite, and we talked about the greatest Great Cup championship team ever of all time. And that was a 1990, uh, excuse me, 1981 Edmonton football team. And that game, there was not a touchdown pass thrown in that football game. Edmonton wins 26-23. And uh, I'm like, I, that's just the way it is. 
and I think that exemplifies what the championship is all about. It's not about one person. It's not about a couple guys. It's about a football team finding a way to get it done. That's what Winnipeg did last year. That's what we were able to do in 91. And I think if you look back, obviously, to the 1981 Edmonton football team, that's the way they did it. Created turnovers. Uh, Tom Wilkinson. It was one of the most beautiful transform, or transferring of, of leadership that I've ever seen before the 1981 championship team. If you go back and look at it, Tom Wilkinson, it was his last game played in that ball game, And he had to come in in the second quarter and bail out a struggling Warren Moon and, and Edmonton offense. Wilkie goes 10 of 14 for a little over 100 yards and kind of gets them back on track. Warren Moon comes back in the ball game in the second half, and they find some magic and, creates, and defense creates some turnovers. But to me, the way that Wilkie stepped in for the final time showed Warren how to do it, and Warren stepped in the second half, along with his teammates, found a way to capitalize on their fourth consecutive great cup. Uh, obviously, we all know that they went on to win their fifth the next year, 36-18 over Toronto, and uh, just capped what I, I believe exemplifies what the championship is all about. It's about team and finding a way to get it done. But I look back on that, and I watch that, and I do my, and I do my research on that football team, and it exemplifies, and I think it speaks to why they're the best team ever to play because they didn't play their best football that day. Warren certainly didn't. He had to get schooled one more time by the great Tom Wilkinson, and uh, they were able to find a way to get it done. Guys, that's what it's all about right there. Whether it's modern medicine, whether it's playing in the conditions, everybody's sucking it up, getting duct taped together, doing what they got to do to come come with the victory for the fans and Boy, I tell you, it's worth every every ounce of energy you can give it. You sewed together some incredible storylines, some incredible legendary gains uh, from the spanning over 40 years of the CFL. Matt, thanks for doing this. I uh, promise you'll come back and talk to us about your time in Winnipeg uh, in the not-too-distant future. Absolutely, guys. And uh, get over the Pony Corral and slap Peter Janakis upside the head for me when you get a chance, okay? <laughs> Peter, in fact, dropped us off some gift certificates the other day just to make sure that we uh, popped over there. So uh, good pull there, Matt. Thank you as always. And, uh, hey, we uh, we will always consider you a Blue Bomber. Hey, guys, I appreciate it, man. Y'all enjoy it. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.